Well, today is the 12th day of Christmas, so Merry Christmas, still. (laughs) And today we commemorate the arrival of the Magi from the East, who have come to pay homage to the Christ child. And we call this celebration Epiphany. Epiphany. What is an epiphany? We need to know what that word means if we're to know what it is that we're doing today, what it is that today is asking us to do. Maybe you've heard somebody say, I've had an epiphany, you know, when they have a, a new idea or when, they've, when they understand something that they were struggling to understand before. When they say, I've had an epiphany, it means they've had a moment of clarity or a special insight. Epiphany comes from a Greek word that means a revelation. Another word for the same thing is manifestation. And that word comes from the Latin, which means to show, to demonstrate, to make known. And we still use that word today. We talk about a ship's manifest, right? It's a list of all the cargo that's in a ship because it makes known for us, it reveals to us what's in the ship, right? Or we'll talk about things manifesting themselves like the three spirits manifesting themselves to Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. They appeared to him. They made themselves known to him. So when you have an epiphany or when something has been made manifest to you, It means you realize it. You realize it. And that's another really good word, realize. Because it has at its root the word real. Real. When you realize something, it has been made real to you. Not in the sense that it wasn't real before, but you have a new and more clear understanding of its reality. Something that was once hidden to you has been revealed. Something that was once invisible to your sight has been made visible. You see it. And I go through all of this vocabulary because this is what we're celebrating today. This is the meaning of epiphany. God has been revealed to the world. His presence with us has been made manifest. In the East, they call today's feast Theophany. It's related to Epiphany, but it's Theophany. And that means specifically the manifestation of God. And the adoration of the Magi is just one part of the great Epiphany or Theophany that the church celebrates. Traditionally, the church is also included under the umbrella of Epiphany the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan, as well as his first public miracle, transforming water into wine at the wedding feast of Cana. And and since both of those events involve water, there is a special blessing of holy water that's associated with Epiphany, which we'll celebrate immediately after this Mass. That's why we do that today, because of the association with water, and epiphany. And of course, all of this takes place within the greater context of Christmas. 
Each of these events is a different part, a different aspect of God's manifestation to the world, his epiphany in Christ Jesus. And to see this, to understand this, we need to go back nine months before Christmas to the Annunciation of the angel Gabriel to Mary. Gabriel comes and he announces to the virgin that she will conceive and she will bear a son and that her son would be Emmanuel, which means God with us. The Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and the word became man. The word became Emmanuel. And for nine months in her womb, the word dwelt among us in secret. Who knew Emmanuel? Who knew that God was with us? At first, only Mary, only his mother. Because Emmanuel was still hidden from the world. Think about that time, that brief time when Mary and her son shared that precious secret between the two of them. But not for long, because soon Joseph, too, received the manifestation of Christ as it was revealed to him by an angel in a dream. And then later, Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, and even John the Baptist, still in the womb himself, recognized the divinity of that child, recognized the fact that he was their savior. So already, even before Christ's birth, the knowledge of God's manifestation, his epiphany, has started to grow, though it's still only known by that small inner circle of his family. And then Christmas. And what happens? Christ is born. That precious secret that for a time only Mary knew, that precious child that for a time only Mary could touch, has arrived out in the world and is now visible to anyone with eyes to see. And the angels announce his arrival to the shepherds. Do not be afraid. I proclaim to you good news. Today in the city of David, a savior has been born for you who is Messiah and Lord. And that was the moment of epiphany for those shepherds. Christ was made known to them. And he wasn't made known only to them. Wise men came from a faraway land, from the east, to come and pay him homage. And this is what we celebrate today. How did they know? How was Christ made known to them? Not by the message of an angel, but by a star. By a star. A star that led them on a journey, that led them to an infant whom they would honor as king. Why would they do such a thing? Why would they honor this small child as king? They weren't Jewish. They weren't Hebrews. They were not from Israel. The epiphany of the Magi tells us that God has manifested himself in ways that anyone who seeks wisdom 
anyone who seeks wisdom, no matter where they're from, can find him. Even while those who do not seek may be blind to his presence, even if he's very near, even if he's right there with them, in their midst. I think about Joseph and Mary's next-door neighbors, you know? Who were their next-door neighbors? You don't read about them in the gospel. But what did they think about these strange magi from the east? They must have been wearing strange clothes, right? Showing up all of a sudden in the middle of nowhere in this small town with these weird gifts to give a toddler gold and frankincense and myrrh, right? Those are strange gifts to give a baby. Not just now, but even 2,000 years ago, people didn't give babies myrrh to play with, right? Certainly didn't give them gold. These aren't gifts for a child. These are gifts for a king. These are gifts for a king. So Mary and Joseph's neighbors were probably thinking, what on earth is all that about? That's weird. You know, I've always thought there was something a little odd about that family. Their kid's just not, not quite right. Something a little off, you know, <laughs> about them. God was with them. And they couldn't see it. They couldn't see it. And how often is that us, right? God is with us and we can't see him. This is how God comes to us in the Eucharist. He's here. He's with us. But the eyes of the body only see bread and wine. Just like 2,000 years ago, they would have only seen a baby lying in a manger. But for those of us who look with the eyes of faith, we see Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us, here on this altar, even more humble than he was in the manger. He is with us. And as I said, Epiphany also traditionally celebrates Jesus' baptism in the Jordan. That moment when the skies opened up and the Spirit descends upon him like a dove. And God the Father's voice is heard proclaiming, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. A visible and an audible manifestation of Christ's divinity by the Father and the Holy Spirit. And also, we celebrate Jesus' first public miracle at Cana. He was there at a wedding celebration, surrounded by revelers. And then a great tragedy happens. They run out of wine. Oh no. And what does Jesus do? With a generous spirit and an obedience to his mother, he transforms water into wine, into the best wine, publicly demonstrating his mastery over nature. These events are tied in to the epiphany because just as he was hidden for nine months in Mary's womb, Jesus had been hidden in Nazareth for 30 years. But from this moment on, he's no longer hidden. From this moment on, his divinity is manifest not just to his family, not just to the shepherds, not just to certain wise men from the east, but to anyone who has eyes to see and ears to hear. And that epiphany comes with an invitation. It comes with an imperative. Once you realize who Christ is, once the divinity of Christ has been made known to you, you have to respond to that. You have to do something with that knowledge. God the Father's voice said at Christ's baptism, listen to him. 
At the wedding of Cana, his mother's voice says, do whatever he tells you. And today, we say, along with the Magi, come, let us adore him. The birth, the baptism, the miracle, the Magi, these are all part of the great epiphany of Emmanuel, God with us. He is here. Listen to him. Today, he is speaking to us in our liturgy through the story of the Magi in Matthew's Gospel, the story of stargazers. These were those who looked for the sky, to the sky, for divine guidance. And God made his coming manifest to them in a way that they could see. He made himself manifest to them in the stars where they were looking for wisdom. What did they see in the sky? What did they see? We don't really know. We know it was a star. Maybe it was a miracle, something miraculous that happened in the sky, like the dancing of the sun at Fatima. That could be. Maybe it was something a little bit less obvious, something within the natural movement of the stars and the planets, a stellar alignment that would only have significance to those who knew what to look for. And that would explain why it was that King Herod had to ask the Magi for information about the star. He didn't know what they were following. He couldn't see it. It wasn't something obvious. He didn't know what to look for. Either one of these explanations is a manifestation of God's power. If it was a, a miracle, something outside of the natural order, that clearly demonstrates God's dominion over the created world because only the one who made the laws of nature can suspend the laws of nature. But on the other hand, if it was a natural event, it also demonstrates God's sovereignty because it means that from the beginning of creation, from that time when God set the laws of physics into motion, he did so so that the lights in the sky would line up in a certain way when viewed from the east of Jerusalem at this certain time when he was to be born because he knew somebody would be watching the sky for a sign. He knew somebody would notice. It means that even before the stars were formed, God had a plan to come into creation himself to save us. And he knew precisely the moment when that would be. Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. And this means that the natural world itself is part of God's epiphany. The universe is designed to make God known to us. And I think that's a beautiful thought. The only other thing that we know about the Magi for certain, other than the fact that they were stargazers, is that they were outsiders. Matthew's gospel does not tell us where they're from, only that they came from the east. They were from elsewhere, which means they could be from anywhere. We know that they were foreigners, and yet, despite the fact that they were foreigners, they came to pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews because they understood Jesus is not just the king of the Jews. He is king of the universe, a universal king, a Catholic king. 
And so the prophet Isaiah declares that nations shall walk by your light. The psalmist proclaims that every nation on earth shall adore you. And St. Paul teaches in our epistle that God's mystery has been revealed to the Gentiles, who are now co-heirs, members of the same body. And this is me and you. This is us. This is why we're here, worshiping in this church today, receiving the sacraments, paying homage to our King today, because we are part of his body, and that means we're part of his epiphany. We are part of his epiphany. Because as members of his body, we are part of the ongoing manifestation of Christ in the world. And we have to understand this. It is our job to make Christ known. You cannot separate epiphany from evangelization. This is the mission of the church. It's the mission of each one of us to make Christ known. He is Emmanuel. God is with us. Not was with us, is with us. He is still with us today in the church. He has been revealed to the Magi. He has been revealed at his baptism. He has been revealed at the wedding of Cana. God has been revealed to us in Christ. Now let him be revealed in us who are members of his body and co-heirs of his kingdom. This is what it means to grow in holiness. It's to put on Christ, to become more like Christ, to allow Christ to reveal himself more and more in you. And this is how we celebrate Epiphany. Not just with one day, that's kind of a, a last hurrah of the Christmas season, you know, eat a few more cookies before you take the ornaments off the tree and take down the tinsel and the mistletoe. We celebrate Epiphany every day by manifesting Christ in our lives so that wherever we may be, Christ may be made known.